0: Thank you, Jan. Can you give me a thumbs up if you can hear me clearly? Yes. Yes, loud and clear. Thank you, thank you. And uh, if you're brave enough, would you also please put your cameras on? I understand if, you've, if you're in your pajamas, you might not want to, but otherwise, please, uh, please put them on. Then if I see you all doing this, then I'll know to stop as soon as possible. Yeah, so thank you, everybody. Uh, kids? I've got a special message coming up for you. I'm trying to make the whole talk something you'll all be able to understand, but there will be a special message for the kids, so uh, please listen up. So you might be thinking, who's this guy standing here this morning? Uh, My name is Mark Robinson, and together with my wife, Annalise, we've been members of Trinity Church for more than 20 years, and some of you with really, really, really good memories, might actually remember the last time I spoke uh, at Trinity Church, it was three years ago. And then I said, I had some pictures of our girls on the slides, pictures of Sophia and Josephine. And then I showed a picture of Annalise. and I said, this week we've been married 20 years. Well, today, three years later, exactly today, we've been married 23 years. So I'm thinking of making this a tradition. Some men might take their wives away for the weekend or go out for a meal. I'm thinking maybe I'll just do a talk at Trinity every every year. That's uh, that's me being pretty romantic. (laughs) So today's gospel message, how would you summarize the gospel message in just one word? The word that I would choose would be authentic. In other words, it's about being real with God, being who we really are with God. How can we be real, and why is that so important? That's what I want to look at this morning. Now, as we heard in the Gospel read by Pamela, the Pharisees are surrounding Jesus. Now, for the kids, you might think, oh, what are Pharisees? Well, they're kind of, they're a bit like church leaders, but not so nice. And um, Some of them were nice, some of them Jesus had as friends, but many of them were not. And they have this tradition we heard about this morning, which is a tradition of hand-washing before your meal. Now, this is not the kind of hand-washing that your mum and dad ask you to do before a meal, or probably your mum, if we're being honest. Not that kind of thing where you're washing your hands with soap. No, this was a different, a very specific tradition, which they just made up. So it started, well, their dad's 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 made up. It started with uh, washing their hands and letting the water drip down to their elbows and the sprinkling. And then some of them uh, did also the other way around, sprinkling from their elbows back down to their fists. And then some of them didn't just do it at the start, but also in the middle and at the end of the meal. And then some of them took it even further and started sprinkling pots and pans and plates. In fact, in some manuscripts, in some versions of the Bible, it even said they were sprinkling their couches. How did that ever start as a tradition? I wonder. I can only imagine it's some kind of Pharisee practical joke. You know, like they are, invite the Pharisees in and they say to him, hey, Philip, Philip the Pharisee, come over here. I've, um, I've sprinkled your couch for you. And he's like, what? I, well, it's wet now. Yeah, it's all right, Philip. We're all doing it. You sit down on the couch on the wet. And he said, I don't want to sit on the wet patch. I can only imagine it was something, something like that, some kind of practical joke, although um, maybe the Pharisees not really the laughing, the laughing types, but well, that's at least how I, read, how I read the Bible. So they did this sprinkling thing, which they just made up, and then they wanted everyone else to do it. Now, we have a word for people like this, people who um, want other people to do what they want and kind of pressure them into it. We have a word for people like this, and kids, you've probably heard of this word. We call people like that bullies, and that's exactly what the Pharisees were. Now, I, was, I want to tell you a bit about my experience of bullies. Now, I wasn't bullied very much, but there was one particular occasion I want to share with you. When I was seven years old, I went to a small school where there were only eight of us in our, my class, and seven were girls, and then there was me. I was the only boy. Now, later in my life, I might have quite liked that ratio. But as a seven-year-old boy, that was not good. I I felt as a seven-year-old boy, I knew that girls had fleas and we should stay away from them as much as possible. Which makes me wonder how on earth I managed to get to 23 years of marriage today. But there we are. And at the school, I used to go to school. We had our uniforms. I had a cap on and I had shorts. And every day I would go to school in my shorts. In all seasons, (laughs) I walked through the snow in my shorts. In England, we call that character building. In the Netherlands, they call that abuse. But uh, yeah, the foreign wimps, eh? But um, we prayed, my parents and I, we prayed for a friend. And a year later, a boy joined my class. And sometimes he was very nice, we got on well together, but sometimes he was quite mean. And he would kind of pressure me into doing things I didn't want. The worst example was when uh, it was my birthday, I think it was my 10th birthday, and I made invites to give to all my friends, including him and his friend. I invited lots of friends, because I had uh, friends who, in other classes who were boys. And I invited them all, and... um, I remember he said to me, Mark, I want you to uninvite all your other friends. Just invite me and my friend. And that's just bizarre, isn't it, for a 10-year-old boy? But I didn't know any better at the time. But then I I thought about it. I thought, no, I'm not going to do this. And I remember when I said that to him, he took the invite that I'd made for him and ripped it in front of me. I had to learn eventually to stand up to him and say, I'm not accepting this. And eventually the bullying stops. Now, Jesus had a similar problem with these Pharisees who wanted him and his disciples to do something that they had just made up. They were pretending it was God's idea, but it wasn't. It was just their tradition. So kids, Jesus knows all about bullies. He stood up to them and he said no. And you can too. If someone at your school is trying to get you to do things you don't want, you can say this to them. My Lord Jesus didn't do what his bullies wanted and neither will I. And get help, get people involved. You don't have to stand for it. It's not the way it should be. Now, kids, I would like you to stay around for a few more minutes. At the end, I'm going to get dirty, which I think you'll find quite fun. And as I said, I've tried to make the whole talk as easy for you to understand as possible. So how does, I'm going to talk for a moment to the grown-ups a bit more. So how does Jesus respond to these bullies? What does he do? He calls them hypocrites, which is a word which means actors or pretenders. He says, you honour me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. What does he mean by that? He says, you're saying the right stuff, but you don't love God. He says, your worship is a farce. Your worship is fake. It's not real. In today's language, we might say, you go to pretend church. You know, kids go to play school. Some adults might go to play church. It's not real. And Jesus says, you're teaching things that you've just made up as if they were from God, and they're not. Jesus hates false worship, fake church. Now, why does Jesus make this such a big deal? Well, partly it's because they are forcing people to do what they want. And Jesus is all about freedom. And it's bullying. Religion is always a bully. You know, you you always have to do more and more. If you want to try and please God with what you're doing, you always have to do more. You start off. You start off with sprinkling your hands and then before you know it, you're sprinkling your saucepans and pouring water on your sofa. It's just it's just crazy. Some of you might be able to hear my daughter Josephine in the background having a bit of a giggle of my stupid sense of humor. But also Jesus is the truth and anything opposed to that, anything fake or false is totally against his very character. Now, I was thinking about this, about how easy it is for us to pretend in our services. Now, this is not a criticism of any person at all, and it's not a criticism of any church or our church specifically, definitely not, but it's just an observation that I'm aware of how easy it is for me, if I want to, to pretend. I can sing the songs, And then without really paying attention to the words, I can say amen at the end of a prayer without even hearing it, let alone knowing if I agree with it or not. I can repeat the liturgy and then realize at the end that I've just been on autopilot. I haven't thought about what the real words are. It's very easy for me to honor God with my lips, but with my heart not being in it. And if I do that, nobody will know. Nobody except God. Now, in today's reading, we skip a few verses and then we come to what Jesus says next, which is he says, what's outside can't defile you. And what does he mean by defile? It's a word that means makes you dirty. He's saying what's outside you can't make you dirty, but what's in your heart when it comes out, that can make you dirty. Now, you might think, what does Jesus mean by that? And that's a good question, because the disciples had exactly the same question. What does Jesus mean? What comes out of you makes you dirty. And they asked Jesus about that. And in the next section, Jesus answered it. He gives a list of things that, when they come out of us, they make us dirty. For example, he talks about envy. If you see what other people have, and you don't have it, you might think, oh, I should have that. And that's envy. Or if someone else is blessed in some way, they get something nice or they have a good life and you think, oh, that's not nice that they are blessed. If you're not happy when other people are blessed, that's envy. Or slander, if you say bad things about other people. When you slander, it makes you dirty. And there's a whole list of things. I don't have time to list them all. But what I want to pick out is deceit when we are pretending, because that's the absolute opposite of authenticity, which is what Jesus is about. When we pretend to be something we're not, we're just like the Pharisees. And that is where today's reading ends. It ends with us knowing that we have to be real with God, no pretense, and it gives us a list of things that make us dirty the end or is it because god would never leave us in that state of being dead with no hope so where's the good news where's the gospel well i'm going to tell you a secret now about the bible it's a secret that most adults know but maybe most children don't if you look at a page in the bible you'll see every couple of sentences a little number and that number is for the verses and on every page you'll see a bigger number and that number is for the chapters and every few paragraphs you'll see a little title a little heading which I call a spoiler because it always tells me what's coming next which I find quite frustrating when I'm reading an unfamiliar story you know reading about David going off into battle and then the next time it says David kills Goliath and i think well <laughs> i do want to know that i don't want the spoiler but those three things what do they have in common the verse numbers the chapter numbers and the spoiler title none of them were in the original text they've all been added and they've been added for good reasons so that we can quickly find what we're looking for in the bible but they weren't in the original text so why am i saying that It's because our story, the story of the gospel this morning, does not end in verse 23. It doesn't end at that list of things that make us dirty. It doesn't end at the next heading. Now, I don't want to say too much about what comes next because Peter, who's here, will be uh, speaking next week and he might preach on that. That's the reading for next week's gospel. But what I will tell you is that Jesus meets a woman a mother whose daughter has an unclean spirit. In other words, her daughter is dirty. What happens when a dirty person meets Jesus? Well, it rather depends on the person's attitude. We've already seen what happens if people pretend to be clean. When the Pharisees meet Jesus, it doesn't go well. But if someone is honest, or authentic, if they just come to Jesus as they really are and say, Jesus, I need help, the change can be, it can be life-changing for them. And indeed, that's what happens with the woman whose daughter is unclean. Jesus makes her daughter clean again. And the Gospels are full of these stories of people coming to Jesus saying, Jesus, I need help, and Jesus healing them. At the start of our gospel, at the start of Mark, the one we're reading this morning. There's a story of a man who's very ill, he has leprosy, which makes him very, very ill. And he comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, you can make me clean if you want to. And Jesus says, I do want to be clean. And the man is clean. So what I want to say is this what comes naturally out of our hearts, just naturally. The things that Jesus has listed, things like envy, things like slander, things like deceit, they make us dirty. But what comes out of Jesus' heart his love makes us clean. And as Jan said last week, there's nothing else in the world that can make us clean. There's no one else that can make us clean. Only Jesus. So what's our response to this? There are three things that come to my mind when I think about this. The first and most important, possibly, is we need to come to Jesus as we really are, without pretending. You know, if, we've, if we're not doing so, well, we can say, Jesus, I'm not doing so well right now. It's not going so well. Yet. Jesus, I've messed up. And that's OK. I woke up uh, this morning very early in the, mor- in, in the middle of the night, and I had words of a song came to me, which is, Jesus, take me as I am. I can come no other way. And it's not that we stay in that state, but that Jesus accepts us, receives us like that. We don't have to clean ourselves up first. Jesus accepts us just as we are. All through the Gospels, we see the same message of Jesus loving and accepting people for who they are as they are. Second thing that came to my mind is I really want us to come to God as we are also in our services whether they're online or in person you know if my heart's not in it I don't want to go through the motions and just I don't want Jesus words to apply to me he honors me with his lips but his heart's far away I don't want that I want my heart to be in it so when I notice that I'm kind of on autopilot what I do is I just take a time out I say God I just confess, God, I know I'm just on autopilot right now. These words that I'm hearing, they're not, um, they're not meaning anything to me right now. And then I remember what God has done for me. And then I'm more likely, I'm, I want to worship. And now I have one final thought about authenticity. And I may be wrong in what I said, but when I was preparing, this is what came to me. And I want you to weigh it and think is this really true because it's about you as i was preparing i had the thought that some of you may never have been real with god you do the things that you know i know that when we see what's on that list of jesus that i am still clean because i have been made clean by jesus years and years ago i asked jesus to make me clean now I'm clean even though I still do those things when God looks at me with his perfect vision I am clean but maybe some of you have never done that so kids this is the bit where I get dirty maybe some of you are still envious you still are unhappy when other people are blessed maybe some of you have said bad things about other people flander maybe some of you uh, are pretending or lying this deceit or foolish which is also mentioned on the list and so on maybe you come to god and you're dirty maybe you're like this <laughs> but you try to cover it up yeah god i'm fine i'm fine i'm yeah great God said, do you want me to make you clean? No, I like it this way. I'm all right. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus yourself. Maybe you've never asked him to make you clean. If you want to do that, how could you do that? If you read the whole Bible, you'll never find a formula of words to say to make you clean. And why is that? Because it's not about the words. It's not about honouring God with our lips. It's about our hearts. It's important. You could say something as simple as, Jesus, clean me. And from that moment, you'll be clean. When I appear before God, it's not like this. Because I've been made clean. No matter what I do, I've been made clean by Jesus. So when you come to God, just be yourself. Be honest, say things are going great or things are not going great, but be authentic with God. In our services, let's have no more play church. Let's have real church. And if you've never asked Jesus to clean you, ask him to clean you. You can do it today. It's so easy. I'm, in a moment, uh, Oliver is going to lead us in a song which summarizes exactly this very, in, in, yeah, it's a way that exactly summarizes being authentic before god and before then i'm going to pray and then i'm going to get cleaned up so let's pray lord jesus uh, thank you for your word which instructs us it's so wonderful to read your word Uh, lord i pray for children or anyone else who may have experienced bullying may be experiencing people who are bullies You help them to stand up to it and get help so they won't be bullied anymore. Lord Jesus, I pray for all of us that when we come before you, we can be authentic. We can be who we really are. We stop trying to hide and just admit who we are. I pray, Lord, in our services that we will not go through the motions, not have play church, but be authentically real. And Lord, I pray that if there's anyone here who has never Ask you to clean them, who's never accepted you, who've never taken a moment to do that for themselves, the Lord you'll speak to them now, and that they'll simply say, Jesus, clean me. Amen.